You dip a Ziploc bag in leather. You dip it in leather. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative of the Town podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Nature is Satan's church, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who said he wanted to help me. It's Mark. Coming at ya. <laughs> it's the catchphrase of Wow, a lot, of, a lot of energy from Mark. I like that. I like the energy, not the catchphrase. I oh. want that on the record. Okay. <laughs> Just workshop For- it. It's fine. Yeah. Tune in next week. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched uh, we watched 2009's Antichrist, which was a Jack pick. Noted pervert Jack. I disagree with that assessment, and we'll talk about why later. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm also, can I disagree with the assessment that I picked it? Is that a lot? No, you can't. <laughs> Jack, just okay, last fine. week, you we in the HRR, we had to come to terms with the fact that you just needed some plot with your pornography, and then this. How you feeling now, bud? Uh, to be fair, I think Mark said I only watch the pornography for the plot. Okay, well, point stands. How you feeling now? <laughs> very uncomfortable okay, very uncomfortable okay, okay. anyway uh we'll dive all the way into that real soon and like we've said for the last couple of episodes there continue to be much more important things happening across this country um uh, people overcoming these systemic racial injustices that envelop the whole goddamn place so don't put your head in the sand don't ignore it please donate if you can to a cause supporting the black lives matter movement or another valid social justice thing i've been going to blacklivesmatters.carrd.co to find a list of good ways to help but if you need a little bit of escapism, hopefully you can have some fun with us for the next little bit here while we talk about horror movies and maybe also pornography. <laughs> so for now, it's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's go. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for the 2009 Lars von Trier movie Antichrist? Uh, COVID continues to be a big thing, too. Breweries that are local continue to need support. So why not drink local brewery beer? Does that logic still hold? Or you in agreement yes. with that? Cool. Yes. Uh, well, you'll remember from a few weeks ago, I drank something from Mother Earth Brewing. Let's just go right back to it. This this is a naturey film. We'll get into that in just a second. I have a Mystic Alchemy. It's a hazy IPA from Mother Earth, local brewery. All here. right. Fair Works enough. Works a little Fair bit. Enough. Yeah, Works just a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. I um. I am drinking, I've got a 12-pack of Rustlers, but that's not what I'm drinking for this movie. That's just my local <laughs> beer. It's like it's, at, it's, the, it's, at the end when he's rushed by all those Rustlers with blurry faces. It's it's Chick-fil-A. I am, I am instead drinking a beer by the Worthy Brewing Company as my beer for fear for this movie. I am drinking a Strata IPA because this is a movie about <laughs> many different Strata. This movie is all set forth in various stratum. Mark, you're laughing, but this is, this is, uh, this is a real thing. Not only is the movie expressly set forth in six different stratum, it's talking about the various strata people have to deal with when going through grief and what can happen to personalities. It's also got some religious strata going on of hierarchy of man stuff. Uh, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of different strata. This is a movie heavily dependent on the strata. <laughs> you could say strata, that strata, it's strata, set strata. in the stratosphere. 
I suppose you could. Mark, what's your beer for these beers? I'm so drinking one. I'm drinking one that I'm kind of sur- I thought there was an outside chance all three of us would pick the same beer because she very close to actually just straight up name checks this in the movie. Um, and because he is one, their names are she and he in the movie. It's ass and we'll get sure. Um, I am drinking an arrogant bastard ale because he is an arrogant bastard and she calls him an arrogant person and a bastard at another time. So, you know, <laughs> put those two together. You got my beer. He does say right bastard there. like 50 times in this movie. Yeah. She says bastard a lot. I think far too much for the things she does to him. She that's about two thirds of the way through this movie loses the right to call him a bastard. I'd, I'd say. Yeah, roughly around the torture porn segment. <laughs> we'll get in. Look, we'll get into that. And when we do, <laughs> fair warning, we're gonna spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. I hadn't done that part yet, Mark. You see, now you've now you've made it hard to edit. Mm. Or I might just ignore it. Yeah, it's probably what I'll do. Um, this isn't way, really a movie that. I mean, it can be spoiled, but not really. Not really. Not really. It could be spoiled. Spoiled. Either no. way. Drinking beers and watching the Lars von Trier 2009 movie Antichrist isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week in the horror world. We might have also experienced some other horror shit. So let's talk about what else has been rocking our horror world starting, of course, with paying up on lost beers for fears bets that the patrons get to vote on. Let's cue that sound effect. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you duckass! I don't have anything to pay up on, boys. Well, I, I probably have a lot to pay up on. I didn't watch anything. Let me put it that way. Cool. Uh, we all do have a lot to pay up on, I think, at this point. No. I, no. Well, they're, they're coming in waves is the hard part. So I check, and for weeks at a time, I'm pretty good. Yeah, gosh, if only more than one of us could do a, to, could do a pull. Alas. I can't <laughs> even get the episodes out on time, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you lost me a fucking lost- bet. Asshole. <laughs> well, that was off air. We don't need to delve back into the, the all the. No, the see, now it's on what. air. Now it's on air. It's Jake on wants air. to bet. <laughs> wait till you see what's the finished episode like, though. Oh, can't wait. True. I can't that's wait true. to finally listen to one. All right. So who else has some to pay up? Can I go I... first? Okay, okay, you go first. Whatever. No, no. I demand you go first now. I okay. I don't remember what movie I lost this for because it was so long ago, and I I also watched this movie. Oh, fuck. All the stuff I have to talk about this week feels like it has been a long time. It's been <laughs> yeah, longer I than totally a week. Agree. Because I watched well, it, it like, so because it has <laughs> well in advance of HRR last week's episode, and that's been at least a week since we recorded that. So Jesus Christ, here we are. I watched Annabelle comes home. Mark, what did I lose that for? Do you have that handy? Do you remember? Insidious. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) dude, my overwhelming memory of this, having watched it like two and a half weeks ago at least, is that this is about, like, I don't know, this is kind of where you go with popcorn-y horror movies. I'm just flabbergasted that this was an R rating. Like, there's nothing in this movie that should be an R it's a straight That's up like popcorny PG thirteen in my book. I, I think Which this is kind of what I expected like, from the trailer. You slap an R on it just because you want to have like that. It's a horror movie. It's an R, but I don't think there's a lot of like economic ground you have to stand on there because PG thirteen horror movies do great too. I couldn't yeah, pick kinda, out why it was an R. Period. It's also interesting because it used to be that you do everything you could to get that PG thirteen yeah. on your R horror movie. Right. Right. And I actually so having watched this movie was not good. I would not recommend it. It's it was fine. It wasn't very good. It, here's the thing, though. I 
going back to when we first watched the trailer, I liked the concept of just having, like, dissecting this room, and you could kind of, like, open up this Pandora's box of, like, all these other spookies. It. I don't think that it really, like, capitalized. It didn't even come close to capitalize on, capitalizing on it, let's be real. But I still don't hate the fact that that's what it was about. Like, it led to some fun moments, but those fun moments were mostly, like, a final third that was on rails going from one scene to the next of just like, here's this thing and here's a jump scare. And then here's this thing and it's a jump scare. And like, I think, I think this movie was this poll because Patrick Wilson was in it. He was in it for like roughly five seconds. So. Yeah, this was, I, I wanted a Patrick Wilson based poll and yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, well, whatever. This, was, uh, this was the last, I needed a third option. At least he and Vera Farmiga were in it, but they were not in it for very long. Um, it's, it's not the worst movie out there. I haven't seen Curse of La Llorona. I am guessing it's better than it's worse. La Llorona. I'm guessing it cannot yeah. be worse. I'm guessing that movie's worse. So it's I would recommend this over that. But honestly, like in the Conjuring verse, just watch the Conjurings and don't stray too far from the the core. Is what I think is the moral of the story here. And definitely don't watch the Nun. <laughs> this has been a PSA. is that worse than Yar- La- ya Llorona? La Llorona. Uh, yeah, I like- Llorona. <laughs> I La liked Girona. The Nun better than La Llorona because, uh, I don't know, at least there was more visually happening on screen. They both suck. Okay. This doesn't suck. It's just not good. Does that make sense? It does. It's it's kind of fun for a minute. It wouldn't be a bad one to just have on the background. Uh, Jake, I can tell you that it was rated R for horror, violence, and terror, and for a couple of a scene where a couple kisses and references to sex and wooing. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a PG-13 movie. Wait, wait, wait. They, sex and wooing? References to. Oh references to wooing. <laughs> references to. They don't show full-on wooing, Jake. They Fuck. wouldn't date. to show full-on. Can you imagine the age of the It's not NC-17. How, I cannot believe that, dude. That's the worst R. Well, you know, I, that, I don't hate those Annabelle movies. I think I might skip this one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. Did Mark, you guys, what did, do you got? Before we get to me, did you guys ever watch that uh, documentary, This Film Is Not Yet Rated? No. Yes, about about the rating process, no. the oblique like black box method they use, and how it's so corrupt. Yeah, it's corrupt <laughs> and like misogynistic and all this other shit. So like uh, everything else. Yeah, not horror content out there, listener, but decent documentary if you're into, into mm. those as well. Uh, Pretty this good. Film yeah. is not yet rated, is what the name of that one was. I lost Lake Mungo, Jack. So did you, uh, okay. but I don't think you've watched this one yet. We have to watch the Reef. No, I haven't seen The Reef. These were other Australian movies, I think, was the theme for this quiz. Um, so, yeah, The Reef is, as you might predict, a survival horror about sharks and the Great Barrier Reef. And some folks' boat sinks, and um, they got to swim for it. This sounds overwhelmingly mediocre. Um, It wasn't stellar at all. Um <laughs> It was it was it was surprisingly watchable. I mean, it's kind of entertaining, but the thing about this type of survival horror like this or open water or whatever is it's fucking exhausting. Like the the points where the like main thrust of the story is how tired everyone is, even though it's like a 90 minute long movie, at the end of it you're just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> please, yeah. please please just find land or something. I'm so yeah. tired of watching this. Like it's not terrible. The interactions between the characters in this movie became a bit grating over time although i you know they're in a stressful situation so i can't really blame them for that um but yeah that coupled with them essentially just swimming for the entire movie is uh something that's you know go into this one with a little bit of energy in reserve because otherwise you're gonna be 
<laughs> you're going to be just just killed at the end. You're going to have to turn on <laughs> the afterburners in the final third. Yeah, you're going to have to drink like a monster energy drink about halfway through just oh, to survive. God. How'd you watch this one, Mark? So I, I can can't remember. This this is another one like Jake's. I watched this like five weeks ago. I can't. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's free on something. Amazon Prime? All right. That checks out. That checks out. Uh, uh, yeah. Overall, sounds like you kind of liked it, though. It's a decent. It's yeah. I mean, it's for what this it's, versus the reef versus the shallows. What do you like better? Oh God, uh, the shallows is like a more entertaining movie, but dumb as fuck. Yep. This and, movie, and you get to look at Blake Lively for like ninety minutes. Yeah. So you got that going for you, I guess. So obviously that one. Yeah, I guess I would go with the shallows, <laughs> but they're they're okay. sort of for the content being so similar, they're they're shockingly disparate movies. Makes sense. I mean, The Shallows isn't really about, like, exhaustion or anything like that. No, it's about being on a rock <laughs> with a shark. <laughs> These people are swimming toward a rock with a shark. Totally different. Way off. Exactly. Way, way, way different. All <laughs> right. Well, I like it, boys. Good work. Hopefully, I'll have watched The Reef pretty soon and whatever else I got going on. But for now, let's cue Scatman. Scatman's World. All right. I got three things to talk about this week. I've got two films and a video game. Ooh, I got a video game, too. Oh, very what nice. The hell? Yeah. You got to tell start... me when you're going to do this shit. <laughs> I'll start with the movie I need to spend less time on because we've actually done a full episode about it. I watched Dark Skies. <laughs> or Dark Skies. <laughs> why? Why would you? What? I'll tell you why, Mark. Uh, because I... Is Carrie Russell's a dreamboat? Well, that is just a goddamn fact. But no, here's what happened. Here's Here's what I think the cable company could prove happened. <laughs> I was doing some tree trimming because I saw some tree branches that looked like they were endangering our fiber optic internet line. Afterwards, I noticed that our fiber optic internet line had been severed. Could have been squirrels. Could, could have been, been the, the tree branches falling down. Could have been the wind. Certainly couldn't have been the blade I was using to do the tree trimming. That's all we know for sure. So... Then the goddamn internet company couldn't send someone out because they're like, it's the weekend and a pandemic or whatever. And also, I don't believe you that a squirrel cut it in half. Fucking jackass internet. Yeah, whatever. So I had to go all internet, all weekend with no internet. It was horrible. That was, that's what's been rocking my whole world. It was a disaster. Okay? Uh, barely, by the grace of God. My parents live pretty close, so my lovely wife and I did wander over there to drink their booze and use their Wi-Fi. Um... You should, have, you should have gotten man. like a 500 foot Ethernet cable and just ran it from their <laughs> house to your house. I live pretty close to my parents, but not 500 feet close. Mm. Um, either way, um, so then when I was over there, I just like brought up Netflix on shit and I was clicking on just download stuff in the horror thing and accidentally clicked on the, sh- uh, not the shallows, accidentally clicked on dark skis. And then when I got back to my internetless home, I Uh-oh. realized one of the things I had chosen was dark skis. And after my wife had gone to bed, I was looking for something to, like, watch while I played video games, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And I, the video game I was playing requires some plot paying attention to, so I didn't want to just throw on something I hadn't seen before. And it seemed like a nice, comforting movie to watch while I played video games. And it was. It's a good movie. Comforting. Cool, fun aliens movie. And Gary Russell's charming as all fuck. So did, does not. that mean you watched it on your phone, or can you download Netflix movies to your laptop? It's confusing. If you have Windows... Then like Windows 10, you can get you can't download them just like from Netflix.com, but you can get the Netflix app for Windows 10 and download them to that. Ah, okay. Which I did. Interesting. Yeah. Pro tip. Uh, th- 
Exactly. I guess I might as well talk about the video game here, squeezed in the middle. Um, I Yeah, as long as we played... come back to Dark Skies. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about coming back to Dark Skies. My other movie. I got another movie to talk about is what I mean. Uh, I played a video game. I don't actually know what it's called. Mark, you might. It's the, sequ- it's the sequel to Metro 2033. And I've, on, I've got it for the Nintendo Switch. Metro 2034. And it's no, it, it's either called Metro Last Light it's or Metro Light. Redux or Metro 2034. All three of those things are indicated on my Switch in various places. It's, the, I think it's the... officially called Last Light, but it's okay. also called Metro 2034. And Metro Redux, apparently. The Redux uh, that is might be the remade kind of... one, like the remastered version that came okay. last. Then that's not what I got. Anyway, this is the sequel to Metro 2033. I think I talked about that like a year and a half ago. That's like, uh, it's based on a book. It's set in an alternate near future where there's like an apocalyptic world war that results in the creation of mutants and monsters and creepy entities called the Dark Ones that fuck with your brain. Then I don't really want to spoil that, but this is the sequel to it. The Dark Ones are very creepy. It's like survival horror, things going bump in the night. You don't have a lot of light, resource management. Uh, First-person shooter, though, all the way. And I really like it. It's fun. It's a good first-person shooter. I think it's fucking terrifying to play late at night in the dark because things jump out a lot. And even in pitch black, when I tried to cheat by turning the brightness on my TV and the Switch all the way up, it's still terrifying and too dark to see, and I want to know what's going on. How does it run on the Switch? Uh, beautifully. Really? No issues. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Takes, I mean, it, it. there are, like, it takes, I guess, probably longer than it would in between missions oh, to load. But, yeah. I mean, but while it's playing, I've had zero issues so far, and I would guess I'm about halfway through. I don't actually know that, but. I love the Metro um, games. They're incredibly fun. And they are, you're right in calling them survival horror, but they're not the type of survival horror that I hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Re- it's not like you're in the woods and you have a rock and now it's Minecraft, but there's zombies around. Minecraft, but there's monsters around. And like literally if anyone sees you from across the field, you have to restart your save from like 35 minutes ago and do all of it again. So I hope you really enjoy crawling through the mud. Ha <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This one, you actually yeah. like have a fighting chance. And if you die, it's your fucking fault. Um I ended up getting save locked in a weird way um, in the first game, like maybe three quarters of the way through, and it kind of broke it for me. Then I didn't feel oh, like sucks. going all the way back and starting again. Well, so the I ending still of haven't one twenty thirty three. It is devastating. The ending of that one. Oh, maybe I should probably do that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> With all this free um, time that I have lying around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I think the game, I think tw- the sequel to Metro twenty thirty three came out in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Not a new game, but new to me. You're saying the one you're playing, Last Light, yes. came out. Yeah, it came out a while yeah. ago. Exodus just came out this last year, which is the third game in the series, and apparently it's also pretty good, so you got that to look, to- look forward well, to. Well, that probably won't be available on the Switch. <laughs> no, it most likely will not. <laughs> so I'll probably play that uh, with Nintendo's next system in five or six years. Yeah, the Switch 2. Um, either way, Metro 2034 or whatever is available on the Switch. It's fun to play if you want to play a first-person shooter game that has interesting plot, scary, creepy monster elements, and good survival horror, scary jump scares. Play it. It's fun. Noise. Now, the other movie I watched because of Willem Dafoe, I finally watched The Lighthouse. Okay. <laughs> Mark, have you, have you seen this? I believe I was the first one to see it. No way. Of oh, all yeah. humans. I yeah, saw you... it before the director <laughs> saw it. Yep. Yeah, it was your vision. The bastard stole it. Yeah. I wrote him some um, notes. That's right. You I did w- see it first. I told him to I cast w- Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I did think this was at least loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Lighthouse. 
and it is not. No. <laughs> at all based on that. So I also watched about a half an hour of it without the subtitles on, and I couldn't understand a goddamn thing they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> so then I turned the subtitles on. This is a good movie, though. I really enjoyed this movie. This is like, this is like the fucking art house movie I can really get behind. It's weird as all fucking shit. Um, it was certainly, I mean, it's captivating as all hell just to yeah. watch. I mean, we might get into this, I suppose, possibly in what the movie does right. Willem Dafoe does some character acting pretty damn well. Dude, that dude is great at just diving all the way into a fucking role. Yeah, and turns out Pattinson is, like, even more so a character yeah, actor than Willem, fuck. like, out, out Defoeing Defoe. <laughs> it's wild, dude. And I also will say, without spoiling anything, I could see myself feeling similarly to Scrimshaw. Uh, as our friend Robert Pattinson in this movie. I like Scrimshaw very much. That's all. That's all I got. We, I don't yeah, want to spoil can't really this movie. dissect that. I can't. So. We can't talk too much about this movie without spoiling it, and you should watch it. Oh, the other thing. Uh, it's freely available on Prime now. Uh, yeah, so, like, no reason not to watch it. It was very long, but very worth it. Uh, yeah. That's all I've got. Jake, what about you? I don't you? remember how long it was. Was it sub two hours, or did it go over? Honestly, don't remember. I didn't like ever click to see yeah. how much time it I had actually, left. It, it is doesn't exist within time. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you can't you that can't actually sense. measure it directly. It's so. the cool. eye on Jeremy Baramy. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have two. I kind of have one and a half thing. Um, I'm calling it two. Fuck it. One and half thing. I, well, one of them I wasn't planning to watch, but it was on, and I sat down, and then I remembered like how much of a horror movie this is, despite the fact that it's not a horror movie and it's targeted at children. Have you guys seen Return to Oz? No. no. Jesus fucking Christ. That movie is <laughs> not fair, dude. If I had seen that as a kid, and I did not, if I had seen it as a true blue child, I I, I mean, it's crazy, dude. I, I'm like going to go ahead terrifying and... terrifying in the way that the river scene of the like original Willy Wonka, Charlie... Uh, oh, Return to Oz is terrifying. Not Oz. Wow. I just had a bit of a stroke. <laughs> Uh, is it terrifying in the way that the like tunnel scene from Willy Wonka is terrifying, or is it where a they just throw like crazy ass shit up there and it's yeah, like there's yeah. a giant ant? There's like people like <laughs> decapitating chickens and shit, and like accelerating creepy music and um, it's ju- it just has a very dark tone. I mean, it's dark fantasy. I think it would brand itself as being dark fantasy, but it's super weird and janky, man. Like the it's it's crazy because like. The girl is significantly younger. It takes place after the original. She's younger. She's also just a weird-looking human. I mean, no offense, but, like, (laughs) she's kind of weird-looking. And everything is so amiss. This has to be intentional, but everything is so amiss in this movie that it feels like a nightmare the whole time. Like, she goes to Oz, and she's not with Toto this time. Toto was left at home for story reasons. She's with, like, one of her chickens, and the chicken is, like, bok-bok talking at her, and there's, like boulders that stop motion have angry faces and these crazy ass like contorty on roller skates villains instead of the monkeys um oh like the baseball furies there's a jack (laughs) skellington-esque pumpkin-headed companion there's a witch who literally has is has no head has to go and like grab a head out of a cabinet to like put it on so she's walking around in a jump scary fashion when you first see it sans head it's nuts dude it's nuts 
I that sounds nuts. All I really know about Return to Oz is that Dor the woman who plays Dorothy was one of the main witches in the craft. Which one was she in the craft? The dark hair. I don't know how many had dark hair. <laughs> All of them except one. The, the one, one that looks the... a bit like Dorothy. Yeah, exactly that one. <laughs> I don't. I've never read the book, uh, so this is purely anecdotal. But my understanding is that the like sort of lore of the Land of Oz is quite dark uh and the wizard of oz the initial telling of the tale is like the the happy side of the valley and if you go down the red brick road the the other the opposite spiral like whoa it, this movie was not oh uh dorothy is played by feruza bulk jack yeah from the craft she was also in the craft <laughs> yep um <laughs> yeah nailed it fuck yeah cool nailed it uh this is a weird one i just had to mention it because it was on it was something that my lovely fiance had like thrown on for quote-unquote nostalgic purposes when she got disney plus and saw it she's like i gotta watch this i was like what are you talking about why did you watch this did you guys did you guys get disney plus to watch hamilton like we did uh no but uh <laughs> it will be watched jake's a big uh. mandalorian fan the I would probably very take. Good. I would probably take yes. a leap on the Mandalorian. I heard. I heard it's like a western. So it's the first three episodes are just recreations of westerns, essential of three classic westerns. Essentially, they use any Morricone score. R.I.P. They do not. R.I.P. Dude. Okay, I got to get to my second one because this is going slowly. Have you guys heard of Vast of Night yet? Nope. The Vast, Vast with of, a V. With V. V with a V, like Victor. Like, like a vest. Yes, like a vest. Like okay. Victor wears a vest. In like the vast vest, Victor wears okay. a vast vest. This movie's called oh The Vast of Night. It's available to watch freely if you have Prime. Uh, I hadn't heard much about it. It was kind of an impulse thing because it kept showing up like two or three times when I was looking for something to watch. So why not? This movie was really cool. Uh, it is a straight up like throwback sci-fi uh, Twilight Zone love letter but love that shit therefore it's love slower that shit. therefore it's it's a little bit slower but it like the story which i won't get into too much here it's you can kind of gather it's called the vast of night like get after it but it's set in like the 50s aliens in it's set in the 50s in a town in new mexico <laughs> that's all you need to know okay <laughs> aliens. um what's really cool like the acting is really good by ba like not basically just no names this movie was made on a minuscule budget i think it has pretty amazing cinematography and directing i don't know anything i have to mention the director's name but i don't know it so i'm looking it up andrew patterson don't think he's done anything else really tremendous job here like ultimately this isn't a must see one of the best movies of the year but in terms of doing what they did with what they had available which as i understand it now was basically nothing this is a punches way above its weight class movie and if you're into that sort of twilight zoney stuff you're going to eat this one up. It's it's a it's a really good one. They have some super cool one other thing I'll say. They have some super cool long takes in this movie. Like the the main the main female, the female lead is what I should be saying. She is like a switchboard operator at the town and there's a take that's like 10 minutes long of her just like doing her thing and it is super cool to watch. Um <laughs> there's also some great tracking shots through the town. I don't know. It's a great movie. I liked it. Nice. I like it, buddy. I like it a lot. Uh, remind me of how you watched it. Free on Amazon Prime. Awesome. like that even better. All right. Uh, we've been talking for a long time. Should we get to the feature presentation? I, it's cool. I didn't want to go. No, that's fine. Let's just move on. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, yeah, Mark. What do you got, buddy? An exceptionally long time. 
<laughs> yeah, Jesus. You know it's been a long time since we've talked when Jack has three things to talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so I already mentioned The Reef, uh, which was free on Amazon. I also watched Gretel and Hansel, which is uh, one sure. of the only movies to have come out in the year 2020 so far. Hooray. <laughs> oh. Uh, this is one that I got in Blu-ray on the mail. On the mail. In the mail. Yeah. Um, in Blu-ray on the mail. Yep. So Sophia Lillis is the is the titular Gretel here. Uh, you would recall her from such great films as It and It you Chapter would Two. Recall her? Is she the redhead in It? Yes. Uh, yes, okay. she is. Um, so it's been a minute since I watched it, so I'm rereading my notes live on the air. <laughs> good. This good <laughs> audio. Uh, yeah. Here, here's the, here's the thing about Gretel and Hansel. Um, it was way. It was a much better movie than I thought it was going to be. Uh, this Why? came out and uh, didn't really get much buzz that I recall. Uh, kind of just fell flat. However, um, I would say that it's still not like grand. I, I think the thing that struck me was it's like substantially more creepy than I was expecting it to be. This has like it does the imagery stuff of this like gothic fairy tale pretty damn well. Um, the the biggest curse it has though is just how slowly it moves. You know, the story of Hansel and Gretel takes I don't know forty five seconds to tell the kids something like that. That's how long <laughs> it takes for a kid to fall asleep, right? Um, Do you just end stories when the kid falls asleep? Uh, yeah. It's why would you keep reading? What the fuck? Because I get headaches when I don't finish a movie or a story. <laughs> when he doesn't let the when he doesn't let the harmony resolve. <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't, I can't. Yeah, so that said, this movie is a uh, pretty solid 90 minutes long. It feels longer than that. Um, so, I mean, it is still like a nice tight 90-minute package, but it's still stretching quite a bit out of, you know, the children's fairy tale. So I thought it was, it was, it was better than I was anticipating, but it still didn't really, I mean, it, average, <laughs> I guess. It just, um, if, it looks cool. It looks very cool. If you're into that more slow burn uh, narrative arc, then you could probably pretty easily see yourself getting into this one. All right. Yeah. What else you got? I got a video game. Okay. Uh, so The Last of Us Part Two came out recently. I am playing it, but I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not bringing that one up. Uh, in preparation for playing The Last of Us Part Two, I played The Last of Us Part One and uh, Left Behind. So I'd played Last of Us Part One uh, a number of years ago, whenever it came out, was that like 20. 20- 14 or something and like that stinks sure. and you couldn't finish it it was it's an incredible game and your take is continues to be one of the worst I, out there somebody Jack. somebody loan me a thing so i can play it it's i'm pretty sure we've had this conversation on air before you can take jake's ps3 and play it oh thank you buddy <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean getting back into last of us part one was was fine it's still a fun game i, I mean fun's not really the right word it's still a captivating game um but I, it was mostly just like kind of revisiting the story points or whatever so that I'd be familiar with what was happening in number two when I started playing it. Um, the bigger change, though, was that I had never played Left Behind. So Left Behind is this story DLC that came out. It's sort of a, stand, it's sort of a standalone thing uh, that came out maybe a year after the first game dropped. And it's basically a prequel to the game where um, super minor stories about a zombie game. One of the characters is bitten in the first game, right? You kind of know that, whatever. Uh, this is the story of how they became to be bitten, mm-hmm. um, intertwined with some events that happen sort of in the middle of, it's basically like set in the middle of the last of us part one as a flashback to before the start of the game. Uh, okay. so 
the timeline's a little hinky there. But what this, I mean, this is a, I mean, pretty phenomenal piece of content. I liked it immensely, much more than I kind of was anticipating to get out of this random story chapter thing that kind of fell by the wayside and I never really wanted to take the dive on. Um, the thing that's really great about the game in general, The Last of Us, is how well it realizes uh, the characters and how they fit into this world. It's not just them reacting to being in a zombie apocalypse. Like, they have, you know, conversations about what life was like before and what they were into, and they talk about comics and books and TV shows and movies and all this other stuff. And the big, the, the flashback part of Left Behind is sort of like just about a friendship. Like, that game, the, that part of the game doesn't have combat in it per se. So you have the same combat mechanics, but you're like throwing water balloons at each other or getting, getting into like fights in a mall type of thing. Um, and it, that juxtaposed with what's happening when you're not in the flashback and like the regular story uh, really creates this like pretty fantastic narrative duality about like what life technically it was during the apocalypse, the, the flashback, but it was like the nicer easier part of the apocalypse now they're like full apocalypse um the apocalypse only gets worse over time i'm given to understand uh in any case uh if you're out there and somehow you haven't heard of these games uh they're incredible and fun and i keep using the word fun that's quite probably not, not fun white right they're very engaging and uh entertaining as far as stories go um they're a little bit of a difficult ask in these trying times <laughs> just because like, I mean, the world falls apart and shit gets depressing, but uh, yeah, hopefully you can divorce yourself enough from uh, reality and dive into a completely separate depressing reality. Did you guys <laughs> feel depressed oh. all the time? Let's escape to depression. That sounds yeah, great. Exactly. See, Could it's, not it's... have come out at a worse time, dude. Fuck. Uh, you sound like you're about ready to direct fucking Antichrist. You, did, did you guys see that there's been like some decent psychological uh, studies done on people who like watch a lot of apocalypse movies and horror movies and that we're more gritty or whatever you'd want to call it about the current state of affairs in the world? Anyways. Like those, handling those it better? Research, yeah, those research papers. Oh, are I don't there. feel that way at all. I don't no. know. Depends on the well, day. There's a There's a normal curve, a normal distribution for all things, Jake. Sure. I'm on yep. one side of it. Um, I got. I actually have three more to talk about, but I'm going to save the other two for next Jesus week. Jesus That's probably a good call. Woof. Um, so I'm, I have one more, and that is, I'm just going to bring this up because you guys fucking blew your loads all over this movie. I watched Blood Quantum, which is on Shudder. Yeah. Um, uh, I had reservations about the movie. It does a lot of cool stuff, though. Reservations, eh? That's a weird thing to say. I honestly didn't notice. I like okay. how you say reservations A. God, just what? What? Say what you need to say about the movie and let's move on. Um, I Okay, at the top, I'm a little surprised how high you guys were on this movie. Um, it's an interesting like approach to it. And, you know, the, the side of the story of the the Native American twist, I guess... Yeah, Native Canadian twist on it. The the, the uh, first Indian. Uh, for, what is it? First, first Nations. Peoples? First, first Nations. Nations. There it is. or Indigenous people. Anything you want to say that. Yeah. Is correct. Um, I'm stumbling all over myself here. That aspect of the story is interesting and unique, but it's kind of a shallow part of the story. Like the like the deeper part of the story here is just people being dicks to each other. Like, like almost it, every zombie movie. Yeah, it kind of just resolves into being a generic zombie movie set a bit set against a possibly cooler backdrop than it could have been set against. 
Um, yeah. And that's, that's what the movie has going for it. I mean, it, it was certainly interesting to see that different perspective and like watch kind of that socio-political uh, climate of the whatever you'd call their little quarantine zone thing that they got going down there. Um, but I mean, 90% of the movie is just that kid being an asshole. <laughs> I, I think I remember saying that for how well it's written from that perspective, like from the First Nations and how interesting they, they have on that perspective, it falls into some shockingly lazy zombie movie stereotypes and pitfalls uh, for the other the rest of the writing. Yeah, and I guess I did not really parse that uh, mentally with without having seen it. I didn't really understand what you were talking about. And yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> for as <laughs> interesting as you, and unique as a viewpoint it could have had, man, it did not have an interesting viewpoint. <laughs> um, also, way more gory than I was uh, than I was given to understand about all of these things. Um, my goodness. It's quite the splatterfest. There was some blood in that movie. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, there was. I think it's a good movie, not a great movie, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it it had been a while since I'd seen one that was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I agree. I, I think that it has a really interesting setup. It doesn't go a whole... It doesn't go really in the direction that you would want in terms of depth with that particular setup, but it kind of like goes off, does the zombie movie thing, and then brings back into the fold like something not to get too spoilery, that is also related to who these people are, that is a little bit of a hook at the end. But it feels it's not quite whole. Yeah. It's a good movie, though. Yeah, something There's sort of like a, a cardinal sin, I would say, in writing of making a character unbelievably, like literally unbelievably confrontational uh, just as a means of forcing conflict into the movie. Uh, sure. And yeah. if you're doing, like, if you're just that large, like, it's, you're not, it's, you can't believe it as a narrative device. It's inherently immersion-breaking because no one is like that. And if you were Mark, like that, you'd get kicked out of the enclave. Like you gotta, you gotta cram it into that three-act structure somehow. Yeah, I guess you just have to have somebody who just snaps and does immediately does everyone dirty. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mark, I like it, and I appreciate you reserving the last two because I think this might be the longest pre-feature presentation segment we've ever had. Yeah, you guys just kept droning on and on. Well, someone wouldn't shut the fuck up about his internet line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, guys. Let's go out on that note. (laughs) Over at ADZHorde.com this week, we watched Antichrist, which I picked, I think we're going with, yeah, I haven't been no, able to wriggle you. out yeah. of this one. I don't know why you keep playing that I'm, card. I'm trying to think of a way to wriggle out of it, and I we haven't have it on wax. done that yet. <laughs> um, we need to say yeah, something I... else. I need to say something else here. Jack. Yeah, okay. Please. We watched Antichrist this week because we had some trouble finding the movie that was your pick that was intended for this week, which was fucking Martyrs. So yeah. just just review your three picks. Holy Things God. are going great for me, and my psyche's in a really good place overall. I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> 2009. This is a 2009 uh, yeah, movie. 2009. Lars von Trier. I'll tell you why I did pick it, though. I have heard a lot said about this movie and Lars von Trier movies in general. I okay. don't think I've ever actually seen a Lars von Trier movie, and I've I certainly never not. seen Antichrist. So, and plus, I mean, if we leave it up to you guys, we'll just be on these milk toast, not 
psychologically distressing movies for the rest of our days. And then, you know, somebody's got to break that mold. Huh. I had never even heard of this movie. So you saying that this had been on your radar is something that you had, I mean, heard apparently of. it's like really controversial. I had never heard no of it shit. either. Uh, so, so <laughs> what, here's what I've heard about this movie. I've heard. How do you lot. ban it in France? I'm interrupting. How do you ban it in France? In I France. Think- I've read conflicting reports of whether or not it was actually banned. Oh, a lot of people okay. have said it's banned. I don't think it was ever actually really banned. I think like some very local authorities were like, you can't show it here. And then the like person who actually is in charge of what gets shown was like, no, they, they can. Got it. So national. it's like, are masks really banned or not? Or yeah, exactly. Required? Fuck. <laughs> no, they're banned now. <laughs> now they're banned. <laughs> yeah. You can't come in here with a mask. Uh, get the fuck out. Um, and then, I mean, a bunch of film festivals like elected not to show it, which is just like most movies are elected not to be shown at a lot of film festivals. Didn't this movie get like um, a standing O at Cannes, though? That's what people say. I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> what the fuck goes on in that place, dude? <laughs> this movie has a lot to fucking say. Does it? Hold on. I don't no, under. Oh, no, we're gonna get no, there. No, it doesn't. We're gonna it get there. Very little to say. I felt very stupid at the end of this movie because I That's felt what like I'm sa- me thought, too. This is the same shit that you complained about with the Gaspar No thing. But at the end of Gaspar No, I felt like I understood what he was trying to go for, and it was nothing. In this movie, I felt like I did not understand what he was going for, and, and it, it was and smart. It was, it was overhead over my head. I want to get Gaspar No and Lars von Trier in a room together and. Possibly oh. like Warner Herzog, too. You oh. could not pay me enough money to listen to that fucking blowhard conversation. Oh. My God, the three most pretentious fucks. <laughs> and then like uh, and then like Casey Affleck, just for some flavor. <laughs> Casey Affleck. You've picked oh. a lot of problematic people there, Mark. <laughs> uh. Well, oh, I mean, shit. They're provocateurs, Jack. Yeah, um, I do a bit about skipping the the thirty second plot synopsis because I really don't want to do it, but I don't think you guys would let it slide on this particular. So we're one. just circling back really briefly to put a pin on it. None of us had seen this movie, and two of us had not heard of it. Cool. Correct. That's but, the way to walk into I mean, it, I suppose. I have an, I have an inkling that in a panic, uh, Jack googled something along the lines of esoteric uh, horror movie. I damn sure didn't do that. Hipster horror movie. Why in no, a no, panic I... would you think of the word esoteric? To describe yeah. your horror. Have you met Jack? Yeah. That does- <laughs> and it why- doesn't align with what he knows about me. Why would he have chosen hipster or the other one you suggested hipster? What? That, I don't know. That's in line. Let's go to the 30 second plot synopsis, dude. Jesus Christ. I can't. I actually think that Jake might be a little bit upset that you're encroaching on his hipsterism here. Oh, right? my God. Now I am mad. <laughs> now I am mad. Talking shit over yourself. here. Talk on yourself. See what happens. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start <laughs> when you start. She and he are a couple. They have a son. While they're having sex in the shower, their toddler son crawls out a window and dies. She falls into a very deep atypical depression. So they go to a cabin because he's a psychotherapist and he wants to help her. And she removes herself further and further from reality and wants to have increasingly violent sex until she slams his testicles with a log and then nails him to the floor and then cuts off her own clitoris with scissors and it's all horrible and eventually he kills her and burns her in a funeral pyre and then walks away and eats berries. I guess. Sure. <laughs> you got through it. Yeah. Um, I was 
a little worried about you there for a minute. You got very into the weeds, but I mean, well, the movie nothing not happens a lot in this of fucking here. like this movie opens and something happens immediately, and then nothing happens for like an hour. I really <laughs> and then thought shit I was, happens quickly. I really thought that I was gonna be the dummy that didn't just just didn't understand this movie. <laughs> no, I think this is uh, what's the. Uh, I think this is one of those films that is perfectly encapsulated by that joke from Arrested Development uh, where they're talking about the ocean walker. <laughs> where they, <laughs> they just, just assume it's art. Yeah, they make a deliberately opaque something that... They make deliberately opaque cruft that people just will not... They won't admit that they don't understand because to what? do that would make them look dumb. But of course that joke is premised on the idea that it start a dummy just wanted to make a movie about a cool woman who walks across the ocean. Yeah, I mean this is a little bit different. Obviously Von Trier has like some chops and had I mean the famously this is part of Jack you introduced this when you picked the movie. This is part of his depression trilogy of him like sort of making movies to deal with his own uh self psychoanalysis, I guess. How could like, this possibly own... help? Oh god, I have no idea. I think I he's leveraging I think he's leveraging. I don't know if it's trying to help. I think it's trying to wallow, understand yeah, in a way, understand, and understand wallow, and... uh, use images that are floating around in his head as a result of uh, depression and oh psychopathy or whatever. Not psychopathy, <laughs> but whatever. I, uh, yeah. And put that to film, which I think is basically what makes this thing appealing on a certain level to certain people. Not myself, but every I. I I needed... I've Okay, we're getting into what this movie does right. <laughs> Wait, well, we've skipped a section, but fine. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. I'll put a pin in that. Uh, what fucking subgenre of horror does this fit into? I mean, independent and torture porn, and not much else. Psychological. What? Psychological. Art. How? Tr- art. How? Icky? Art. 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 <laughs> yeah, art. Definitely art. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we don't need to add experimental, but this is... That's kind of art. But Icky, new, new, yuck, nasty. I'm pretty like, sure what, the, what the actual name. Mean? I'm pretty sure the actual name of our subcategory is art slash inde- uh, intellectual or whatever. That's. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what this is. It's yeah. like an exercise in art slash experimental. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. All that. Yeah. Okay. Now, can now I talk Mark. about what the movie does? Yeah. Right? What in the fuck does the movie do right? He's champion at the best. This he is, is really okay. This is this is gonna be a first because this is going to be a uh, what the movie does right told through me but not by me. Um, <laughs> I excuse me. This is a very highly regarded movie. Surprisingly, uh, as you go out there, like this is rated higher than most other movies we've reviewed, uh, at least on the IMDb scale. On by that score, it has like a. Well, critics, I guess. Uh, Roger Ebert. Who have, uh, the 113,000 people who have weighed in on IMDb. The, the people who went 6. to Cannes and were like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Even if you look at it on Metascore, it has a 49, which isn't great, but it's better than like a shitload of horror movies. So, I mean, whatever. And I felt like after watching this movie, there was like some great like glitch in the Matrix practical joke type thing that was being played on me that... Everybody else just saw like a different movie and some <laughs> neurons in my brain fired wrong and I just saw a different thing. Um, so I dove into it a little bit and um, A, you can read through a few of the snippets on like the Wikipedia page of people trying to psychoanalyze this shit and it is absolute gobbledygook word salad nonsense, uh, which is kind of fun in its own right to try and like piece together the sentences that people are trying to just like... <laughs> It's just words that people are throwing together to make them sound like they went to college. Um, 
But the one that I did kind of resonate with in a weird way, because I hate this guy, is Roger Ebert. Um, and he said two things that were uh, relatively accurate, I think, representations of what this movie does right. One of which is that no matter how you look at it, this is not a movie that was ever touched by a focus group. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is pure expression of the creative director and writer who happened to be the same person, Lars von Trier. Right, so he had a vision, and he went out and sought after it, and I mean, for the most part, I would guess he accomplished it. It's his vision, I don't know, but he accomplished a vision. He accomplished I'll a vision. Much. He he has said that he wanted it to feel much more intimate from a a, a cinema, cinematography perspective, but he was too depressed to get out of bed to shoot it a lot of days. That's interesting. So like it's not it, quite his vision from a cinematographic perspective. Yeah. But from a like overall tone, he was in the editing bay a lot. Interesting. That's, that's really interesting because I would say that in some ways this feels extremely intimate and in others it's very not intimate. Clinical in some of the shots, yeah. Um that's interesting. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing that, that came up, which is something we already touched on, is basically like this is about as good a casting as you can have for a movie of this ilk. Throwing two in Yeah. Exactly well, yeah. But, but two people who will throw themselves into roles like this and also like I, I've read a bunch of interviews with Defoe after I watched this where he like people are like, Did you have to do method acting for this? And he was like, Fuck that and fuck method acting. People talk about method acting and they point to this as a result. I had never met this woman before. I have never felt this depressed. I showed up on set and I did what I thought this character would do. And that's regular acting and it's all people need to do. And I wasn't a huge asshole to those around me. Yeah. It's like he just flips a switch in his brain and suddenly becomes a completely different person with no other, with nothing else that he's like bringing into the role. It, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And then this, he said the same thing about the, on the set of lighthouse where like the between shots, Pattinson would be in the corner, like puking into a bucket <laughs> to get himself pumped for the next scene and and Defoe is like playing cards with the with the stage hands and like the craft services <laughs> yeah, people. Exactly. It's like and then he's and this is like action and he turns into a surly seaman. <laughs> uh but in any case, those were the two things. I will agree with his point on on uh Willem Defoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg's performance where I mean yeah, if you're if you're given this script, that is that is the best performance you can get out of two humans. Period. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I can't think of anyone it's, else that would fit this role better. It was, it was perfect. Um, and I mean, although I think the end product leaves quite a bit to be desired. Uh, you, yeah, it's a, it's a very pure expression of art. I agree, I agree with that completely. With that. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that that's kind of you could apply that overarching thought to like pretty much everything that I had in what the movie does right. Primarily though, where this got me was the look. And that's even She's too overarching. The the, like, this is so specific. It's it, it feels depressing. It feels a little bit claustrophobic. But at the same time, like, the way he captures a nightmare that you are just kind of falling, slipping into is really impressive, I thought. It's unbelievable. All, all those scenes fucking hit me hard. Yeah, the weird hypnotic dream sequences of her, like, walking across the bridge. Yeah, I, I mean that. And I also mean as a whole, like the whole movie, it becomes that nightmare. But the way the the, the dream sequences, one hundred percent, I agree with you. And then on top of that, I guess is what I'm saying: the whole thing, whole whole package. Yeah, there were and yeah, there were moments throughout this movie where I looked at it and I was just like, 
holy shit. I, I've never seen this anywhere else. I mean, you can talk mm-hmm. about the, 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 the little weird, like, kaleidoscopy effects will come up in a later segment, but everything sure. outside of that uh, are just stupendously beautiful and interesting. And, I mean, he clearly brought, like, a specific frame of reference into this thing, and I think it translates pretty damn well as yeah. to what was put on screen even well, it's if beautiful I guess he was too because to get out of bed to shoot it yeah it's beautiful because it's really ugly like everything you're seeing is super ugly <laughs> but it's like well, done in such a way that it just works. I, don't, I don't know if i'd say ugly i would say muted uh well but, no i'm not just talking about the color palette or grading or whatever either but like this is like an overgrown thistled forest full of ticks like it's not oh god the tick good. scene the tick scene is what this movie does right Oh, that scene is so fucking. Ugh. I All fucking of those hated scenes. that. It's like three All seconds of, long, and it's like ah. I fucking that those, was that scene actually might have bothered me more than any other in this movie, and that is so fucking but saying all, something. All of those scenes were some of the more disturbing things I've ever seen. That one, the fucking bird being born, then immediately covered in ants. The the fucking fox eating itself, and then the deer having a miscarriage are all some of the more disconcerting things I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's not even getting into the part. Uh, it's all quite upsetting. <laughs> quite, quite it's, upsetting. <laughs> it's wild. Mark, I want to take your point about the acting one step further. Yes, this is absolutely the best, I think, casting you could have, and both actors do an unbelievable job. And that matters so much, because if they didn't, I don't know if you considered this movie watchable at all, could but you... if their performances weren't 100% engaging the entire time, this movie would be... One of the most unwatchable things ever committed to film. <laughs> Quick thought experiment. Instead of Willem Dafoe, just take a journey with me. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> How do you think that would work? Oh, my God. I mean, it'd be a different piece of art. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> you want to do an American Psycho style scene for shot for shot remake, but with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh fuck God. we haven't talked enough about how actually disturbing this movie is because that is squarely in what the movie does right not only in terms of its individual scenes like that but in the way it's put together i think it really once you get to the end i kind of saw a purpose to how slow the first half was because then it, goes it really fast. what's that because then it goes fast because i mean it doesn't and, and it, it makes the stuff you see in the first part all the more affecting and it's 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 upsetting just from a psychological perspective it's upsetting from just the baseline plot the scenes individually are upsetting i think the way they're put together makes them more upsetting and then you can add the torture porn scenes on top of that which are also very hard to watch and 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 they don't cut away at all that's what, that's exact this is this is i think the platonic ideal of torture porn this isn't this this movie isn't they're not do, he's not doing more by showing this stuff he's not it's not going over the top in terms of how many people get killed or the doing a lot more to one person this is just i mean i'd say two but maybe three very long almost unbroken sequences of very distressing things happening and just showing it to you. I think yeah, this is also the time where it's worth mentioning that this is torture porn in the sense that it's also torture in a pornographical way, whereas <laughs> with torture porn, doesn't necessarily need to be. That's just getting off on the torture. So, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I 100%, mean, the, the, the torture porn aspects of this, I think, are divorced from the pornographic aspects of this. At times. And if they're not, if they're not then you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seek yeah. help. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, but I think this movie is disturbing on a bunch of different levels, and I think that's all worth... I mean, that's what he's... It's trying to be fucking disturbing. I have been disturbed this much by very few movies. Yeah, I mean, if we go back and... I mean, we watched... La- Alan Terrier. Uh, Jack hit me with the appropriate... Alan Terrier. There you go. Uh, and, I mean, that doesn't even hold a candle in comparison. It's not this. even fucking close. <laughs> not, 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 even, fucking not even close. Look, and we, we could talk about the scenes now in case somebody would not watch this movie, which a lot of people shouldn't watch this movie. I think the, the, <laughs> the three primary torture porn sequences are... First, she hits Willem Dafoe in the crotch with a giant log, and that which, renders... Which renders him unconscious. Unconscious, which has <laughs> a great touch, but he passes I mean, all the way the fuck out, and then she manually stimulates his penis until he ejaculates blood, which you see a lot more of that than I was expecting to to also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is, while he's still passed out from that whole ordeal, she takes like an old school hand auger and drills a big hole through his leg and attaches it to a grindstone so he can't move. Which is also horrible, and then the biggest worst one to watch is she the one cuts that off I did not own, watch. I do not have one, this image in my brain. <laughs> she cuts off her clitoris with a pair of scissors, or with a scissor, as my grandfather says, and it weirds me out. It is an unbro. It doesn't cut away when she like starts when the scissors make contact with her genitals. It doesn't cut away. It shows you the entirety of her cutting off her own clitoris, and it's very hard to watch. Yep, it's rough. I know because I didn't watch it. Hey guys, which one disturbed you more, these or uh, or Emily Blunt stepping on the nail in a quiet place? These by a lot. Although <laughs> what? that's Baby Town Frolics. I know. I was I was recalling. I'm pretty sure in that episode we were talking about how this is going to be like the most disturbing thing we watch in this but, by far, and we even evoked martyrs in that. In but that no conversation, but, and then this one comes up like two weeks. That later. is distressing in a different way, though, because there's a certain kind of imagining pain or wound or seeing pain that like makes my neck tingle and makes me feel like it might be happening to me, and I get a little lightheaded. Like when somebody talks about like fall, you know what I mean? There's it's different than as cringy as this is, as hard to watch as this is. It is different than watching somebody step on a nail in graphic detail because that like when that when I see that I get this like feeling in my gut of like oh god and while this is horrifying i don't get that same like tingly awfulness probably a good thing (laughs) you'd have a lot of tingly awfulness in this movie (laughs) oh fuck and once again somehow the one that was the worst for me to watch was just the fact the ticks ticks. like how is that possible that i felt bad about so distressing oh my god Never fall asleep with your hand out the window. Hey, I'm, does this does this uh, does this qualify as a people getting fucked with in the woods movie? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> sure. No. Whatever. I just uh, thought I'd check. Maybe they do. I think, we, I, I think we've squarely hit on what the movie does right. I got nothing else. I have one yeah. more thing. I have one oh. more thing. This kind of plays into the the feeling that it it gives you that we talked about a little bit, but I really enjoy the fact that this movie is completely silent. 
There's no score whatsoever except for the start and the end with like the, the op- opera piece. The opera, opera when it's black and white. I yeah. think that when used correctly in films, like that choice can be very impactful. And it was. It really it was. honestly didn't occur to me that there was no score Zero. throughout the almost there's the a, entirety of this movie. There's a little bit of a weird like whine that happens during some of the dream sequences, just that like aura sort of thing. Um, but there's no noise. Like it's I, just them in oh, nature and that God. is brutal <laughs> it's very brutal yeah that's, that's gonna take us to does middle then i think yeah and this is where i'll talk about what lars von trier has to say about this or what he has to say with this movie via this movie i think this movie has a lot of different levels i think this movie is talking obviously a lot about grief and depression like a whole bunch about grief and depression but also it has a lot to say about how people think of origin stories in mythology and religion, like Greek origin stories, Christian origin stories, obviously a whole lot. The fucking cabin they go to is Eden. But then also the the witchcraft stuff that causes her to be the sin and then it's kind of trending over into the greek mythology thing of after he kills her he has to do the fire thing and then discovers nature after fire right he finds the berries and makes friends with nature after man has discovered fire kind of thing like he's definitely i can't parse it all but there's themes in here that are visible to me that are like it is interesting to think about what he's trying to do with this stuff and i was thinking about it as i was watching it it's not in what it does right because I don't. It, it didn't succeed enough for me to understand what the fuck he's talking about. But it also might just be too dumb. Yeah. See, I uh, I'm on both sides of this issue. I think a little bit. I on the one hand, I don't think there is much objective that he's saying here. But I think what he's saying is largely subjective, which is why it's hard to parse. Right. Might the, be true. I, in a way, I mean, in the in the mental state that he's in, where he's apparently racked with anxiety and depression while making this movie, and the three others that are in the trilogy, um, he's, I, I guess, what I got out of this is he's trying to put uh, scenes and emotions on a screen that are very complex and adult in nature, and they're going to be completely you know, personal. So if you're going to make an entirely personal message, and as I said earlier, not workshop it at all, then it's going to be something that has that feel to it, where there's probably some weird connective tissue here linking some strange narrative parallels from history and mythology and stuff that you're trying to like make a cogent argument out of. But dude, that's, that's just I, I am not gonna go through that forest with you. You can tell me specifically what you want me to think, or well, this I think is that's, just gonna be deliberately opaque. Yeah, and I think that's fine. But it's hitting on like if someone if you talk to someone in the morning and they try to describe this really fucked up dream they had to you, it's going to be like impossible for you to understand what that was. But he's in a medium where he can show you what that fucked up dream or situation or where his headspace is is like in a way that is personal to him. So it's just capturing that in a way that impacts you as the viewer in more of your senses, basically. And yeah. 
not to not to speak for him because I have no idea if this was his uh, idea or not. But I would say if that's your approach to filmmaking, then maybe what you're doing is trying to get people to experience those emotions in a in a muted sense to better understand them. And I'll be damned if this movie didn't make me a little depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, Mark. I'm trying to parse why I found this movie more compelling than other like extremely art house movies we've watched before that I just think- felt. I'll, I'll just interrupt for- here slightly. I think this is a great parallel to a ghost story. Okay. Which is also basically just directly about grief and also something that tries to be deliberately artful and opaque. And and I think it comes down to tone for me because this movie feels like when I watch it that it is the honest perspective of Lars von Trier and he did fully commit that to film and not that he was doing anything because he thought someone would think higher of him for having an artistic shot in the movie. Yes, I 100% agree. And that's, that's sort of why I use a ghost story as the counter example here, because I, I walking out of that one, I was like, this is a shallow piece of shit. Walking out of Antichrist. I was like, well, I fucking hated it. And I don't think it really had that much of a message (laughs) behind it, but I mean, it's authentic. I at least feel like they kind of did something incredible, a little bit. Yeah, it was <laughs> they definitely did. incredible. They certainly did a thing. It was not credible. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mentioned this in our chat that we keep, listener, uh, we all were watching this simultaneously. I think I finished it first last night. And I mentioned, I don't recall the last time I was flabbergasted like completely <laughs> just mouth agape after a movie and this did it did you watch was, this did you watch this with your lovely fiance no oh, fuck God. no i knew it I, I knew enough about this to not try and it is interesting because she's kind of doing the thing where she has to remind me like that i need to remind her to a certain degree with some of these because i just kind of like i have this bad habit where i'm like oh she won't like that right I'm super happy that this yeah. did not come up. <laughs> that was the right call for this particular yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know a lot about it. I knew it was controversial, so I felt like knowing what I know, do know about the genre that a controversial horror movie is probably not what we should be watching together. My I, wife had a board meeting. She got home from a little bit late. She walked, literally walked into the room while the clitoris cutting scene was happening. And I was like, oh, this is good. Yep, this is what I do with my buddies. I know you don't listen to the podcast, but you should definitely start because this is the kind of shit we talk about all the time. Oh, 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 which one of us picked it? Yeah, um, I can't uh, remember. I, yeah, I think it was. Knows? I, it's I so hard. Know. It's been, it was you know. a, it was, it was a, it was a patron pick. Uh, no, yeah, Patreon, patron, pa- Patreon member Larry picked it, I think. <laughs> We gotta huh. stop letting him pick movies. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, I'm at, that's all I had in the middle. Uh, so in the middle, I had the prologue. Okay. Uh, what an intro to this movie! It pretty much sets the stakes immediately that this is going to be an artsy fartsy smartsy type movie oh. um, with this black and white opera slow motion intense passionate lovemaking uh and there's there's so many fucking issues with this opening scene but i think the main thing about all of this is that i have a problem personally that things that take themselves too seriously the more serious you take yourself the funnier i find it i like there's there's a curve where i I just, I can't. If you're going to be like the most dead straight, like serious fucking movie, I'm going to be laughing the entire fucking time because it's just, it's like theater of the absurd to me. 
I, so the yeah, opening Mark, scene I had, here. <laughs> go ahead. I, I had the prologue and epilogue and does wrong. So I just okay. want to say I'll I'll be joining you in a lot of this vision. The the opening scene here is so intensely serious that I was I mean in stitches basically throughout the whole thing and then couple that with this kid that is fucking there they've been banging for like 45 minutes the kid makes eye contact with his mom and then he's just he's just fucking dead set on auto defenestration like he just i you know what i need to jump out that fucking window right now and that's Mark, your first you, two minutes of the movie set against you talk about in black and white assholes wanting people to know they went to college <laughs> auto defenestration yeah. for jumped out the window yeah. <laughs> you fucking showed yeah you suck <laughs> I think this movie made my vocabulary should, larger somehow. You should be ashamed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was I a good you take, down. I let myself no, it was down. A, it, it was a good a take. Great take. It's a great take. Yeah, but oh why is it does middle for you and not does wrong? Well, because I mean that's what this movie does is the artsy shit. Like it sets the movie the tone up for the movie appropriately, but it does so in a way that well, I mean we can just directly transition into your take here Jack cuz I assume you're going to be arguing with this but it's one of those things where like it's within the vision of the movie I suppose but it's it did not resonate enough. with me. It's artsy it's, enough but it's so I dude if the whole movie was like that I would have fucking been I don't know if I would have Oh, I wouldn't it. have finished. I wouldn't have finished it. No. <laughs> so I'm super happy it went the direction it did after uh, my first two notes are in the first minute of this movie. I have a bullet point that says "Oh fuck," and then another bullet point that says "What have I done?" <laughs> and I looked at I looked at my Google Documents history. Those two notes were within forty seconds of each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, the, the prologue is only like three minutes long, so yeah, it's fucking oh god that pro both the prologue and the epilogue I fucking hated, and also they're to me like the the acts one through chapters one through four of this movie strata one through four of this movie nah, are okay. fucking artistic and oblique enough. You didn't need to add black and white and opera music to sell your point. It was already pretentious enough, sir. They just wanted the picture of, they just wanted the scene of the dick going in the vagina. <laughs> they needed that to be part of the, uh, that was, that was experience. less than 30 seconds into the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Hey, speaking of our earlier conversation of uh, films being rated R, just for the record, this is not rated. <laughs> Could not be rated. Fair. Where would cutting one's clitoris off in close-up uh, fit into the rating? Uh, references to wooing, actually, is where that falls. <laughs> oh, so Annabelle Comes Home was fucked then. <laughs> yeah, that movie's crazy. <laughs> it's a large oh, continuum. Oh, shit. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> but yeah, prologue and epilogue, I think, kind of suck of this movie. I don't think they set the tone that well for the movie. Like, they establish the stakes and what's happening, but they don't, like, totally prepare you for what's going on. It's like, this is going to be some fucking pretentious nonsense. And it is, but not that much. And it, but it's that's like the tone. The oh tone is god. just pretension. I guess yes. maybe it is like setting expectations way below what you need. You know what I mean? Maybe it's yeah. like, you motherfucker, you're in for an arty piece of shit. And then yeah. when it isn't that bad, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I think <laughs> yeah. sensation. When, yeah, when it cuts, I mean, it has that title card for chapter one or whatever. Strata one, Jack. <laughs> thank you. And, and then it Straight least it's in one. color and it's quiet and they're crying and I'm like, okay, thank God. Like I had the feeling, I remember feeling this coming up for air a little bit after being like so butthole clinched. Do I really have to set <laughs> two hours of this movie? Slow mo opera, black and white, fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> At first, there, I was like, oh great, there continued to some... be a lot of fucking. I mean, there was, con- yeah. 
My first note. Color. <laughs> my first note, which I actually erased, so it's not here anymore. But I was like middle of the oh good, like starting off with some Skinamax shit, and then it was like whoops. <laughs> nope, that's just penetration. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is actually beyond what you would get on Skinamax. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and assuming in, unless we want to go down that the hole of discussing Cinemax, we should probably just move into what the movie is. He's already there. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I'm I'm there. Let's and go. That's okay. it. All right. Cool. Good take. Good talk. What? Nothing else? You guys have nothing? No, it's a perfect movie. What are you talking about? Oh, dude. <laughs> I I mentioned I was beyond reproach. I was going to bring this up earlier. Um, I don't know what to call it, but the weird... They do a lot of visual effects in this movie with the lens. Most of them are kind of cool uh, with like with these weird lighting effects or yeah. shooting. I mean, there's, there's a very liberal use of smoke machine at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But they also, in those dream sequences, I don't know how they... Sh- if they shot it on like specific type of film or just did some after effects, some something or other, I'm inclined to believe they probably did it on film because that seems like the decision they would make here <laughs> where it's more faded and high contrast or whatever. But the Hundo one P. that I just couldn't get behind was this weird, I'm going to call it kaleidoscope vision where there's like bubbles. It, it seems like there must have been like warpage in the lens so that certain parts of the screen would like not travel linearly. They were kind of like curved and like bulbous in and out type of thing. And when they used it for one shot, I was like, okay, kind of cool, unnecessary, but whatever you're doing your thing. And when they used it for like a half an hour of the movie, I was like, I have motion sickness now. Thanks. It's called an asymmetric fisheye mark. And I hate the use of it. I think it always sucks when people use it. And it's, stupid i don't even recall what you're talking about i'm doing a very poor job of uh, describing Can you define it. a part of the movie since you're saying it was a half an hour of it it's it's mostly it was it's after they arrive at eden um basically like when they first get there and she runs into yeah. the house from yeah. the bridge i they willem defoe's walk if i remember correctly willem defoe's walk into the cabin without her uh, is where it first gets introduced. And then, like, basically, Act 2 is where it's, like, all over the place. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. when he finds the fox, like, immediately prior to finding the fox... Got it. Okay. Uh, it's all over there. But it's basically, like, certain parts of the shot look like, instead of moving across a flat surface, it looks like it's being projected on, like, a, a surface that yeah. has a protrusion on it. So it's, like, okay. moving out and in and backward. It's and like the third Funhouse mirror, Jake. You know, like, the first one just has that big concavity. The second one just has a big convexity. And the third one's all screwed up and has all sorts of warbles in sure. it. It's that third Funhouse mirror. Yeah, it's kind of like you're moving on the ocean a little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Okay. And I uh, do not like a lot of use of it. It didn't, that, of all the things that hit me hard in this movie, that was not one of them, but sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> okay. All right. What else did the movie do wrong? Uh, Chaos Reigns <laughs> is one of the biggest laugh lines I've gotten out of a movie in a long time. That was Wait, so weird. It was that so fucking weird. affected me. That hit me hard. I was like, oh, oh, I was, my mouth was agape. I know, I but I was just like, what? Like, it, what? Like, true on shock laughter. It did not make me laugh at all. I don't know why that hit me like it did, but fuck, I'm this, worried about myself now. This is this is probably the peak example of something taking itself so seriously that I find it hilarious. This is just straight up like Dadaism. It's fucking <laughs> this is hilarious. If you and the fact that it's a guy if you search Chaos Reigns in the GIF library in like Google or whatever chat app you have, it's the first thing that pops up. So this is so, a fucking GIF. Antichrist I is a GIF that pops up. 
I'm Jif. I'm not surprised. Gif. I, Gif. I, I, I'm not expecting or assuming our listeners will have seen this particular movie. So let's talk about what happens here. Willem Dafoe's wandering out in the woods. He comes upon a fox eating itself, and then it zooms in on the fox slowly, <laughs> and the fox turns to him and says in a warbled, deep voice, "Chaos reigns." Yeah, <laughs> chaos reigns. Yeah, uh, listener, if if Jack can find it, he's gonna splice the audio in right. I mean, I here. can find it, and I'm going to cue yeah, the metal, and then just like bed Metallica. Chaos reigns. <laughs> <laughs> See, ex- ex- exactly. It's like such a crazy fucking. <laughs> psycho thing <laughs> it's just like i don't so know out why of place it in this worked movie. i don't know why it worked so well on me but it really did it really caught me way off guard and made me feel weird i what mean i think the... that makes sense that's that's par for the course for this movie like certain things are going to randomly and arbitrarily resonate with certain people <laughs> and they're gonna have that as a takeaway and nothing really hit me that hard in this movie Which... but i i kind of get that it would work I don't want to dive too much more into the mythology here because I do think that it's like gobbledygook. But what beggar is the fox representative of? They show it at one point. It's the what well, it's are whatever the cor- it's whatever chapter he corresponds with. I don't know why uh, I'm assuming it's a he. It corresponds with what are they? Grief, pain, and whatever. Fuck it. The th- I thought that the last one was the three beggars. <laughs> Yeah, the three beggars, but they each they are, represent but there's four. There's four chapters, and it's, then the yeah, yeah, and then the three beggars. Grief, chapters. pain, yeah, yeah. and then despair. The fir- the th- despair, despair was the other one. Despair yeah. is the crow. The grief is the deer that had the still. So he's pain. Yeah, he's so pain. Pain which makes is sense because he's eating his own entrails. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Super fucked up, man. Very, very fucked up. We've talked about, I mean, honestly, like, you could just continue describing scenes, but this is one of the more pretentious movies I've ever seen. Like, yeah. there's, there is, I think, I have admiration, and I mean that in, like, the most literal sense for, like, what this dude created, but, like, also, this is one of the most pretentious things I've ever seen. So yeah, it's, it's similar to the conversation we have with The Love Witch, <laughs> where I have yeah. a lot of, I have a lot of issues with the movie, but... You know what? They made something that was very true sure. to the vision that they to were the vision they to had. Make, like so. I'm always going to respect that. Honestly, this put that to the test. That said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could tell me that Ongo Blaglovian made this movie, and I would absolutely 100 <laughs> believe you. Like I would be totally on board. I got it. Okay, yeah, cool. This is a this is a practical joke that I'm being that's being played on me by a character that Frank Reynolds is playing. <laughs> Jesus. In in a yeah. weird way, like this movie, <laughs> I did have a thought while watching this that I became oddly appreciative of the exposition basement from A Quiet Place. <laughs> like, I would love the scene, if this were a John Krasinski movie, like John Krasinski is to, gets to direct like one scene and Willem Dafoe walks downstairs <laughs> into his exposition basement in Eden and there's just like a chalkboard down there and there's a triangle on it and it just says like what is at the top question mark question mark question mark and what does the pyramid represent sides. and why is the cabin called Eden <laughs> need medical supplies <laughs> oh my and God. a wrench Willem that was that was good screaming but if you could talk more about exactly why you're doing what you're doing while you do it. I'd appreciate that. 
<laughs> we need some subtitles under the the epilogue at the end that, that explains why all of the people's faces are blurry. <laughs> well, okay, that's okay. Well, you blow the fucking whistle. Okay. <laughs> why are the people's faces blurry at the funeral? <laughs> at the funeral. I didn't think they were. Were they at the funeral? Absolutely. I went back twice to check, and they're not blurry. There's there's water on the camera, like causing places where things are blurry. But no, they're they blur out the other members of the funeral's faces. And uh, all I could take from it was they did not obtain releases from those people to oh, be in the movie. I, really? Maybe I, that can't be true. It's an eleven <laughs> million dollar true. movie. I, it's an eleven okay. million dollar movie. Well, honestly, then it's just to further. I didn't know that, so I thought it was just at the end, and it would have some other impact then. But if it's everyone the whole time, then it's probably just like to show how like with withdrawn into themselves and alone they are. Like they aren't able to like yeah. see or interface with the rest of humanity. Something something isolation. This has gotta yeah. be this a better way to do that then. This is one of the problems with this movie. You can always just play uh Trump card depression. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way to do it though, because it's the exact same thing you do if you're an episode of cops and only two of the three bystanders would sign the fucking you gotta, release. Dude, it, Jack it's not. Jack, you just don't get it. Mental illness, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't Clearly fucking don't get, get it. it. I I was honestly thinking that Lars von Trier, Willem Dafoe, and fuck, what's the other actor's name? I cannot remember her name. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg, like, fucking just broke into a funeral and got some runaway footage. <laughs> they just, they yeah, they did, they did it live. They just shot, they threw somebody they in the back of a hearse, drove slowly, and then, like, Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg just walked until people joined them. <laughs> they photobombed a funeral. <laughs> no. and, and then she collapses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally steals the show. Everyone's like, who the fuck are these people? Is that Willem Dafoe? Is that the guy from Spider-Man? <laughs> All the things, Mark. Is, is that the Green Goblin? That might be what he's best known for. Is it really? I mean, it's, more, it's super mainstream, so whatever. Spider-Man 2 like is fucking Boondock great. Saints, maybe? There's no way that's what he's most known for. <laughs> that might be what we know him most for. A Boondock Saints is stupidly popular, especially for maybe. how poorly it holds up. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's an interesting movie. One of the best jokes from The Office is when Michael's asshole nephew is like, I'm a film buff. My favorite films are Citizen Kane and the Boondock Saints. (laughs) (laughs) That's great writing. Great writing. That is excellent. That's an excellent joke. I have a question. Uh, Fuck. The the kid, okay? So... With his shoes and the the whole oh my god oh my god with the fucking shoes I completely forgot about that what was that in there what was this is this just to like was that a clever way to like bring him back up and then it simultaneously like start to show like nah she's she's doing something that girl ain't right yeah yeah she put his right shoe on his left foot and his left shoe on his right foot and then she slammed him in the dick well she does. She does completely snap like immediately after that. Yeah, that's the that's the scene that happens immediately prior. He's to- like, you put the shoes on the wrong feet, and she's like, oh, I just sometimes, you know, I. Uh, uh. And then she just loses it and fucking basically kicks him in the dick with a gigantic tree trunk. Also, but- I don't know a lot about kids, but like, are there do their shoes fit well enough to like? matter what to, to what, yeah to, to fucking give them an actual like <laughs> medical condition maybe maybe that's why the shoes of choice there were like doc martens it's like the only ones that their form would hold up <laughs> i guess they're I not don't know. just booties 
That's the, that was the whole thing about the, that scene was I was just like I don't think the kid would even fucking notice. I'm pretty sure they're just they're all just circles on the inside. They're just like an ellipse on the inside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kids' shoes to me do feel like I don't know. Fucking put some leather on top of some fucking horse shit foam. It'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, it's like you get a Ziploc bag, you dip it in leather, and there you go. You it can dip only put a Ziploc on. bag in leather. You <laughs> dip it in leather. <laughs> I assume that's how it works. Leather's a yeah, plastic. Yeah, you know, it's like notoriously liquid. <laughs> they can <laughs> yeah, only crawl anyway. Who the fuck cares? It's a dream sequence, whatever. Ugh, dream what was she well, writing a thesis? Like, what is her thesis thing? I understand. I, okay, yes, that's bad lead in. But, like, in what fashion is she doing this? What the hell is she doing? She's, like, scrapbooking. I, that's I, not I kind of took that work, to be... I, I, I don't think so. I kind of took that to be, like, she isn't... There's no formal structure to the studying she's doing. Her thesis is just part of her hobby looking at this. I don't know. I have a question. Who do you think is better at doing their thesis? She or Christian from she. Midsommar? At least she fucking does something. <laughs> <laughs> she takes she action. She like awakens something. She like oh, yeah. unearths a demon or something. Christian just sort of sucks. He's around and bad. <laughs> Doesn't even ask questions. Like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> cool. Tell me nothing uh, more. Do you have more drugs, please? Uh, I have a quick neat pick or not pick, possibly. I have a quick musing to throw out here. Per Wikipedia, uh, there was a canceled video game to go along with this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> what happens in that video game? <laughs> you know what might have happened to that video game? There's the, there's that video game that was about that couple's tragic loss of their son that came out in like 2014. That was that the dragon thing cancer, like, I believe. Yeah, is what exactly. You're about. Yes, that's a that, little bit different. <laughs> I I don't know if I was planning a video game around this and that dragon cancer came out, I'd be like, uh, no, you know what? We're good. Yes, this is what? a fake story. This, what this happened one's a fake in this story. video game? I believe it took place after the movie. Hold on, I got I got to pull it up right here. According to a June 2009 article in the Danish newspaper. In, Whatever. in a Danish newspaper that I'm not going to try and pronounce. <laughs> Thank you. A, a video game called Eden, based on the film, was in the works. It was to start where the film ended. It will be a self-therapeutic journey into your own darkest fears and will break the boundaries of what you can and can't do in video games. So, uh, as of 2011, the awful. studio was out of business and Eden was canceled. Huh. Correct. That that's, seems like the market speaking correctly. Why would you have <laughs> ever thought... I cannot fathom who would have seen this movie and then been like, video game. Mark, by the way, I need to thank you very much for getting to that dragon cancer so quickly because there's no way in the world I would have been able to remember that or even Google things to get me to it quickly. It would have bothered you too, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have kept me yeah. up tonight. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I've listened to that radio lab, and I only cried for like it's half an hour. not a radio lab. It's a reply all, but either way. Uh, pretty sure they did a radio lab on it too. It's like one of the radio lab shorts. I, I don't say. know what the hell y'all are talking about. Do we have any other <laughs> nitpicks? No. Uh, I have. I have a bunch of questions about the prologue. First off, how long were they banging? Because they're in the shower, and then they're in the bedroom, and then they're in the living room, dude, they're and then they're in the bedroom. <laughs> Each position maybe thirty seconds. Uh, this is well. Th th this couple is like banging on an excellent. Like this is some masters of sex level shit. Especially because they're like fifty. Well, you, I mean, I mean, they're not fifty. They have a two-year-old son. They're like they're pretty old. Forty. You have a two-year-old son when you're fifty. Yeah, you can. Forty-five. Uh, yeah. I mean, Willem Dafoe's that old. 
I mean, yeah. They're an they're a they're not a young couple, and that's athletic banging. That's all I'm trying to fucking say. That is say. Ath- athletic banging, yeah. But God. I disagree with the thirty seconds per position assessment. Forty five? What the <laughs> fuck happened? What uh, I I like two pumps per position. I dude. weep for your lovely girlfriend. <laughs> Yo, A, fiance, B, I'm not equating oh, this to my yeah. sex life at all. <laughs> it's it's two pumps and then you move. Okay, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. We get one night a week, and you got to hit every surface. (laughs) (laughs) When I also have a nitpick with the fact that that window was already open. It is snowing outside, and I mean, shouldn't just. And not only that, but when they show you in the flashback shot of him like coming out when he comes out face first of that window, the snow is so fake looking. It looks fine the first time around, but the second time around when it's clearly just like laundry detergent flakes oh, I it piled like, on the uh, borax piled on the side of the window. I thought it looked like a uh, kind of like a stage play snow yeah, the whole time. Ex- the whole time it, yeah, the whole time. It, it looked like the snow in Miracle on 34th Street. Sure, yeah. I don't know. That's what I was going for. You Another tell movie me I have a hard time sitting through. You could tell me that Lars von Trier got like a stagehand to hand fold a billion pieces of paper so that they could use that as the snow, and I would 100% believe it for this movie. <laughs> and assume it means something, but I don't know. Oh, why. yeah. And each, or, and each one had like a different person's name written on it oh, that God. had broken their heart in the past or some bullshit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go to ratings, huh? We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Billy Joel, would rate how much future there is for a man who works the sea. There ain't much future for a man who works the sea. And for 10, think about Billy Joel, would rate how much he works his fingers. Too proud to leave, I work my fingers to the bones. Stars, the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate the thing for story. I'm going to give it a 6 for story. I question think mark? It's, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a question mark for story. I'm going to give it a question mark for story. It's It does have a an interesting story in that it, it starts so immediately with such high stakes and then is following this couple's journey through the grief in a really interesting and unique way. I also think it's got some stuff to say. The stuff it's got to say is too oblique to really be like to give it a higher score i think that there's you know what i mean there's there's stories that that have something to say and make other people see it and go along with it and those are really good stories and this one definitely has something to say but will not bring you along into its own journey so i can't go that high on it but it's good it's a six mark how about you i mean i gave it a three uh <laughs> which i can't I mean, argue you, with yeah rightly. you can there there's uh, there's not a lot of story here um People grieving, and then they go to a cabin, and I, I, I mean, I guess there's more to it than we let on initially. He's very controlling and trying to, like, show her how to heal, and it's very clearly not working, and she's bringing in a bunch of additional baggage that I don't think he realized, and then she just fucking snaps, and they kill each other. Or I suppose well, try and kill her. each other, and one of them succeeds. <laughs> I, I mean, there's not a lot of story here. This is not a movie you're watching because of the story. It's like you said, it's deliberately oblique. I went with opaque, but whatever. Same, same meaning. Sure, Jake. I gave it a five. So between you two, really the same reasons though. Like 
what is the story here? Yeah, it's it's about grief. This couple has a child die. She's handling it really hard. He's pretty controlling. They go to a cabin to try to work through that. She snaps. It gets really hairy, and then he kills her. Like, that's pretty basic. There's just a lot happening to distract you from that. I think that, like, a film student would probably hate me for saying that, calling those distractions, but that's what they are when it comes to the story. Broad strokes. Yeah, fair enough. It's going to take us into world building and immersion, which is our second category. I'm going to give it a four for world building and immersion. While I am engrossed in the characters and their journey, it is a little too artistic and pretentious for me to be all the way involved in the the situation that's going on and the world they build. Well, it is interesting at points isn't necessarily like a cohesive world that starts from one end of the film to the other which might be the fucking point but either way i can't give it too high score for world building and immersion so it's a four mark yeah i mean we're more or less in lockstep four and a half uh it's pretty but dumb i mean that's literally what i'd written down i don't think this movie has a lot of objective like thing to accomplish it's it's entirely about showing you just subjective imagery and evoking emotions and, and yeah and part I, of the prov- go ahead i kind of i kind of need an anchor to hold on to in a movie in order to stay immersed because otherwise i'm just like looking at pretty pictures for what seemed like four and a half hours <laughs> and part of the provocateur thing is you're like necessarily making stuff that's hard for people to watch and continue to watch so yeah yeah. So Jake! there you go. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the note that I had here was this movie is taxing as fuck. Like, this is a chore to get through. Um, I ended up with a four and a half. We're pretty much on the same page here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Let's take us into uh, Scare Factor, which is our next score. And I'm going to give it a seven for Scare Factor. I think this movie is doing a lot of things right. We talked about this kind of earlier where I think this is doing things on a number of levels. It's psychologically distressing. It's cinematographically distressing the individual sequences are distressing and then you can break those down into two categories of just the the weird ones they show you like the ticks the deer the bird the fox all that stuff and then also the actual torture porn which is some of the more horrifying torture porn i've ever seen so it's a high score for me it's really really hard to sit through for a lot of different reasons and all of those reasons are very upsetting i don't think i've been this upset by a movie in quite some time it's a 7 G- uh, mark um that's interesting because i gave it a 2 but i don't really disagree this is a, it's a very <laughs> provocative and upsetting movie but i don't think anything here is gonna like stick with me i don't i, I can tell you well, nothing has stuck with me in the last 24 hours like you I didn't just, watch her cutting off her clitoris i will wake up to that image um okay so about one half second of censorship and that's the difference between a two and a seven <laughs> i disagree that but... one didn't even impact me the most so take it with a <laughs> grain of salt i'm just it, saying like this isn't this isn't what scary means to me this gross out stuff is like whatever you can throw that in there and it's going to be disturbing but it's not it's not what i lump into my scare factor score because i'm not going to just take this the grossest movie i can and say that that's a 10 well i want it clear that's not the only reason i I, I think this movie excels at scare factor because the gross out part is only one small aspect of what's really disturbing about this movie so but i understand i think that this this is this is probably one of the biggest your mileage may vary movies we have ever reviewed. I would totally believe 
anyone could watch this and get anywhere between a one and a ten on every single one of these ratings. <laughs> so yeah. it's all it, it's going to be a very personal experience. Yeah, exactly, Jake. I I guess I was closer to Mark. I gave it a four. I mean, really, what this boils down to is just like disturbing, gnarly shit. Yep. I, that, that and that I cannot give that too high a score considering why this category exists. I struggle with where to put that stuff, though, and that is, like, the part of the film that tethers this to the horror world, I guess. So it's it's a hard one. It's a really hard one, but I, I can't give this an even average score. Can't wow. do it. Wow. Wow, very scary to me. Uh, I will move on to effects or judicious lack thereof. I lost my train of thought immediately after I started speaking, if you couldn't tell there. Uh, but effect, We can effects, always tell. Effects, <laughs> well, effects are just like the vote. I'm giving this uh, six. <laughs> six. Uh, Maybe you six. should write these down before we, before we start. No. Six. Okay, uh, Mark, Mark, my scores are really authentic, and the listeners can tell from the experience. I hate I hate that you wrote on a that you just randomly pulled a 6 out of the ether and that's what I gave it like yesterday I didn't when randomly I randomly give it a it 6 out of the ether. I am thinking about these things. <laughs> I think you'll find that thinking is the same as pulling something out of the ether. So then what the fuck did you do? So then you pulled a 6 out of the ether yesterday and you like that better for some reason? Yeah, it's aged. Like a Mine wine. is aged. <laughs> <laughs> say your thing oh your fuck I think I think a lot of things look really good in this movie the things that have to look especially good look really really good her cutting off her fucking clitoris looks <laughs> as real as I'll ever see that looking I can't I was, I was really hoping you were going to finish that sentence a different way and then use that as the intro <laughs> singer uh. I can't I, I can't point to anything, and that's <laughs> I, that scene was horrifying to watch, and nothing about nothing about the effects made it look like it wasn't real. Um, and and then the other, the, there are some negative points of the effects. I think her fading into the green grass looks just okay, and it's a really easy effect, and they should have done something cooler there. And then I think the snow looks like borax, uh, which I don't love. Intentional. So. Well, if it was intentional, it was a bad intent. Then, no, it so. represents grief. You don't know. Move. <laughs> Yeah, Jack, mental illness. Movie gets a lot of props, uh, but there are problems, too. It's a six. Mark. I also gave it a six, upsettingly. We landed at the exact same point with uh, much more effort on my part. <laughs> why is that more effort on your part? Because I thought about Because he wrote mine. it down yesterday. I, I, yeah, I wrote it down, and you just effort. guessed a number between one and ten. I. That's what <laughs> I you did, how too. you don't give him credit for having a thought, like any line of reasoning. <laughs> Even though I explained my whole thought process. Listener, listener, you'd be way more on my side if you could see his face when he was trying to come up with the number. Dial tone. <laughs> He's just <laughs> what he's what he's doing is he's picturing the ball coming out of the big twirly <laughs> machine, <laughs> the big lottery. And I gave it a, uh, I gave it a six <laughs> or a nine. I don't know. They didn't put the dot on there. Uh, so if I write my score down immediately after I watch it and don't change it from there, having thought more about it, you'll be happier with my score. You can totally change it. You can be like, oh, I gave this a six yesterday, and guess what? I'm giving it a seven today or whatever. Well, that's yeah. how I'm gonna start all my ratings then. Oh. Don't do that. That's boring. <laughs> I gave it a five and a half yesterday, and now I'm a Nate. I gave this a six for effects or judicious lack thereof. It is mostly a judicious lack thereof movie. They do a lot of visual effects that are sort of right down the middle. 
Um, the main one that I had pointed out already was the what I called kaleidoscope, what Jack called the asymmetric fisheye. I'm going to have to Google that when we're done here. Um, and the exceptionally not judicious lack thereof of smoke machine. My God. I don't know what, I mean, they're clearly trying, maybe that's in the same vein as the blurred faces or whatever, which is also kind of a strange effect. Uh, but maybe that's kind of part of that same metaphor, I, I guess. I still think that might, of the world. that might only also be artistic because a PA fucked up and they didn't want to reshoot that scene. <laughs> they, they accidentally <laughs> turned the smoke machine on high. No, not, uh, the, not the smoke machine, just a PA like didn't get the signatures. Oh, uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's possible. Anyways. Uh, this movie looks good on on balance. Like it's quite striking in most in almost every scene. But then they do some stuff that is art for the sake of art, and it didn't help the overall feeling of the movie for me. So that knocks it down a couple pegs. Yeah, Jake. I gave it a seven. I really like Fuck the yeah. lack of. I I really like the lack of uh, audio throughout most of the movie. Uh, anything accompanying what's happening on screen that's it can go very poorly it went very right in my book here yeah, i guess point. the only other thing that i have to add um is that like whatever i i hate saying this we've kind of joked about it but like however it ended up looking i'm pretty damn sure it's how von trier wanted it to look it was so, all a choice yeah <laughs> uh cool like respect for the choice i guess that's my differentiator between you guys is your sixes and my seven. There is a but funny Jake- little aside on the Wikipedia page about how they animated the fox that I sent you guys in chat yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was like <laughs> everything on the fox except for the eyes and teeth were CG. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> cool they- little side effect of the of the CG there. Wikipedia, appreciate it. Jake, I have an important question about your rating. Oh. When did when did you write it down? When did you yesterday. when did you arrive at that decision? Yesterday. <laughs> Yep. And that makes it valid, I think. Uh, let's it's move on husband. to overall. Let's go to overall. I'm going to give this a seven overall. <laughs> this is a tilt up. This movie isn't an enjoyable watch, but it is one that deserves respect, and it is a well-made g- movie and a good movie. It's what? a hard movie to sit through, but I think it is a good movie. Uh, Mark, <laughs> I give this movie a two. <laughs> Same as your other thing. As scare, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Seven and a two. Uh oh, I guess that's true. Yes. Yeah. We're we're in lockstep in that regard. We're very we're staying very consistent. Um I I this movie is not for me. You know what? If this is if this overall category is based on our own enjoyment of the movie, I I mean, I didn't watch this. This is way too this takes itself way too seriously for me to get even remotely close to being willing to to go there with them i i kind of agree with your uh take on it jack that like i can there is there is art and vision here but i understand when i am not the target demo and i do not feel obligated to be the target demo so i am not i didn't enjoy it whatever i gave it a two all right jake i i like i like a little bit more substance in my movies yeah but I, I'm taking Mantle now. Uh, but you know art when you see it, and I saw it, right? I think that's what this boils down to. It might not be my cup of tea when it comes to art, but this is certainly art, and I think that it should be respected. Uh, there's a lot to respect here. I still 
in a overall category sort of way, especially within this project, can't go high. I gave it a four and a half. Not as low as Mark. Obviously not as high as Jack. Actually kind of splitting the middle pretty okay. Um, Not for me, man. Not for you me. You split the middle exactly. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> See, I am good at math. Intuition. Intuition <laughs> always beats math and science. Remember at the beginning of this when you just gave everything a mathematic average as the overall score? And you did that do. for like a long time. And then I moved to intuition. <laughs> it took us a minute to get you there, but we got there. Yeah. What do you mean you managed to get him there? It was like... Re- I said we. You said we. Oh, how dare okay. you? I, I miss her. Jack has a persecution complex. Jack is oh, a snake bit. <laughs> Jack, I wrote down we yesterday. <laughs> so that's going to take us to a thumbs up, thumbs down. I think is Jack just gave up. Jack gave <laughs> fuck. Jack no, 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 no. I, 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 it is really important to me. Look up what Mark gave uh, Enter the Void as an overall score. This oh, is, I like this. I liked Enter the Void a lot more than this movie. This is present, Mark. I can't. It's so you get Enter the Void a six overall, and I give it a two overall. You and hey, I flip flop so hard on these two art house movies, and that is really, really. Jack, what did I give me. Enter the Void? What did I uh, give it? Jake, you gave Enter the Void. <laughs> Let's see here. Make sure I can get this right. A three. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh so, <laughs> yeah. I okay. So that's interesting because I. I think I I enjoyed myself less during this movie, but it was more of a horror movie. Jack, I have a correction. Okay. I gave Enter the Void a two and a half. You're reading the one above it, which is Drag Me to Hell. I gave Drag Me to Hell a six. Oh, shit. Enter okay. the Void is a two and a half. We gave it a two and a half, a two, and a three. Oh, okay. Um, I'm yeah, well, then that's, nice. that's a much much less interesting point. Okay, we made. have to go to Thumbs. Uh, yeah, this is a thumbs down for me, dog. This I think this is a very, very good movie. But, like, unless you specifically ask me, I'd like to watch a movie that is really artistic and pretentious and also is extremely high on the torture porn side of things, but also is what, like, torture porn should be. Like, that's the only situation in which I could possibly recommend this movie to you, which might come up. I was actually really kind of elated in a certain way after watching this movie because... I am pretty sure that this is the least recommendable movie I have ever seen. (laughs) I think that might be true. Yeah. I I cannot think of a movie I would recommend to fewer people than this. And and like when we were just talking about Enter the Void, like that movie I think is not watchable either, but at least that movie doesn't feature a woman cutting off her own clitoris. So (laughs) I'm happy that by happenstance, without looking at it, I gave Enter the Void a half point higher because that feels right to me. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm gonna recommend a weird art house movie, I'm definitely gonna recommend Enter the Void above uh, Antichrist. Hmm. It, it's Which I have a question for you guys: Which one would you be quicker to recommend, Antichrist or Orgy of the Dead? Antichrist. Orgy at of least, the Dead. At least Antichrist doesn't feel gratuitous to me. Uh, but yeah. but Orgy of the Dead is mercifully shorter and it's less graphic. And it has Chrisley in it doing his weird narration. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point, yeah. I mean, it's revolting in a different way, but uh, not even close for me. That's the one I'd recommend. 
This is the least recommendable movie I've fucking ever seen. Ever. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a thumbs up for me, though, just for the record. You know, cool. listener, I just want that out there. Cool. Yeah. Let's it's leave. Not. It's a thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, let's, let's leave. leave. Let's, let's fucking leave. leave. Yeah, let's I'm do done. it. Yeah, yeah. I want to I go. This has been episode 191 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, sometimes Reddit. Sometimes it's a joke that Jack made like two weeks ago. What was that shit? Horror Amino app? Horror Amino app. I can't, I can't remember why we were on that or what it even was. Anyway, we're out there. You can find <laughs> you us. You gotta it's, grow it's the brand. Fine. It's fine. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you like what we've got going on, you're still here hanging out with us. You might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, for at least the next few months here, we're donating our Patreon proceeds to Feeding America. That way, right now, the world needs that money. We do not, but hopefully you can feel good about getting that extra great content while knowing it's going to go somewhere good and make a difference. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to at least pull out of the nosedive that was this movie, and we're not going to the Jack's other pick that was the whole thing. We're going to go watch a Mark movie. It's called Dog Soldiers. It will be a different vibe because it's impossible for it not to be. We're going to check it out around one week from now. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. She put his right shoe on his left foot and his left shoe on his right foot, and then she slammed him in the dick with a log.